Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. How is everybody doing today? Come on. It's been a minute. I love it. Listen, I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. Thank you guys. Uh, Y'all were able to give Stephanie and I five weeks off of preaching, me six weeks off preaching. Um, and I, I just want to say thank you for going along with something like at the movies, which is wild and fun and creative. I love that. Um, and, but that really gives some time for Stefan out to rest and to recharge last week. How great did the three people do last week that preached? Come on, Kevin, Ryan, Christiana, they did such a great job. If you weren't here, it was core value Sunday. We talked about our core values. Each of them preached for a few minutes on our, one of our core values. They did a fantastic job. And I just, I teared up this morning just thinking about it. I thought it was great. And uh, so thank you guys for that. But man, I missed this. So I might go long today. I just want to tell you right now, y'all going to have to listen. I already sang half a song and I I didn't didn't play that. So I'm joking. I got 41 minutes and 15 seconds and I'm going to try my best. All right. So I'm going to do my best. But listen, you'll have to listen fast. Can y'all do that for me, please? Y'all listen too long sometimes. And uh, I need y'all to listen fast. I'm joking. And uh, anyway, I'm excited for today. Uh, Today... We're starting a new series called Clickbait. Y'all say clickbait. clickbait. I love this too. Look, I made this for this. Let's see, that man just looks like someone that would share and click on clickbait. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like, and uh, and I, lo- I put a little clickbait something down there. It says Hendersonville Area Church does a controversial series that has people furious. You won't believe what happens next. And so, yeah, I just that's the idea of clickbait. We all have seen clickbait before, right? Uh, we've all cl- how many of you have ever clicked on an article just because? You couldn't resist it. Like, it just was worded in such a way. You're like, I got to see. I got to see what happens, right? That's what clickbait is. It's worded in such a way that you can't resist the bait. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just the bait is there. It looks so juicy. It look, it could be about, like, your favorite actor. How many of y'all have ever clicked on an, an article about one of your favorite musicians or actors, right? Like, how many of you ever done one on a sports person before? Like, it's something like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Or maybe it's your favorite musician. It, it's typically juicy gossip about something, right? But they come in all sorts of, clickbait comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes. In fact, I have some great examples to show you today. Y'all throw this first one up. Uh, This one says, all she did was drag her plate across the pool. What happens next? Blew my mind, right? And you're like, well, what's going to happen when she drags that plate across? I don't know. Let me tell you what happens. It makes ripples. That's just what happens when you touch water, right? Like, all right, next one. Here we go. Which Taco Bell menu item speaks to you on a spiritual level? All of them. All right, I just want to say that. Actually, where are my cheesy gordita crunch people at in the house? Let me hear you. Come on now. Nope. Okay. Hey, I love them. That speaks to me on a spiritual level. All right, next. This outrageous truth about green gummy bears will destroy your world. Be honest. If you saw this, you'd be like, huh. I like green gummy bears. What in the world is that all about? You're going to click on it, right? And then the next one, this is the last one. 
McDonald's to stop, to stop serving the Big Mac. That one's true. I'm joking. It ain't true. None of this is true. It's clickbait. None of it's true, right? But we, we, we can't resist. We, we have to take the bait. There's some in here that I'm like, which Taco Bell menu item? I hope it's the cheese grated crunch, but what if it's the crunch wrap supreme? What if it's that? Well, I guess I should take this quiz and see. Right? And so uh, we, we all click on clickbait all the time. But what happens when you click on clickbait? You get a virus, someone hacks in your Facebook, and then all of a sudden they're asking people for money, they're messaging people, or they post weird pictures or articles, whatever it is, right? Like, there's always a consequence to click, clickbait, and sometimes it's just they, they want, the, the article is written by a robot, guys, and, and they just want advertising dollars, so they click on the article, and boom, there you are, and your phone's got pop-ups on it now, and all kinds of crazy stuff, and so clickbait is never worth it, but I found some statistics, listen to this. Uh, did you know that negative headlines bring more readers, okay? Up to 30% more than neutral headlines. So if you use a bad headline uh, as opposed to like a neutrally worded headline, you're going to get 30% more readers, all right? Um, and 59% more than positively worded headlines. So if you use a negatively worded headline, you're 59% uh, more likely to get clicks than if you were to use a positive headline. How crazy is that? But it's true. Why? Because we have a negative bias. We see, and typically clickbait is going to be negative. It's going to make you think something bad is happening and I need to know about it. So I must click on this article. Well, today I want to talk to you about something that is similar to clickbait, but this happens in real life. All right, and a clickbait happens in real life, but I'm not, clickbait doesn't really affect your life. What I'm going to talk to you about today is a bait that we often take that affects your life every single day. We have an opportunity to take this bait every single day. And it's something that the devil, the enemy, is using to ruin your life, to ruin relationships, to separate families. And for some people, it's going to ruin everything about your life. Does that sound intense to anybody in here? It's because it is. This is a real thing that we're going to talk about today. And it's a real problem. And it's a problem that is so much uh, embedded into this culture and into our lives that I'm going to tell you what this problem is. And you're going to go, okay, it's not that big of a deal. But let me, I, my goal today is to convince you that this is a big deal. And, and my goal today is to teach you things about what we're going to talk about, and I want to show you that taking the bait is not worth it, okay? Taking the bait is not worth it. So what are we talking about today? We are going to spend a few weeks talking about a fence, and I'm not talking about a picket fence. I'm talking about offense, you know, like a fence, when we get offended by things. Now, I want you all to say offense. Come on. Offense. Now, listen you're going to hear some things that might sound offensive to you today. All right? And I, I just want to tell you, if you feel offended today, this, you're, you're in the perfect place. That's all I got to say. You're here. You're in a great spot. And I hope that you listen with an open heart today. I hope that you can hear what we're saying today. Because a lot of times when we talk about offense, people get defensive. They want to be like, well, I, well if you just knew what the... Oh, it's already started. You know? So, so I want you to just, hey, <laughs> let's listen. And let's just take a deep breath. And can we just agree that we're all going to, we're not going to be listening so that our spouse can hear this. 
or that our moms can hear this, or that our friends, oh man, if she heard this, that would be, no, 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 you need to hear this today, all right? So can we all agree we're going to just listen and be open-minded? Let me see some heads nodding. Great. Okay, awesome. Here's the deal. Offense is something that the devil uses to trap you. Offense is something that the devil uses to trap you. And here's the sad thing is a lot of you are trapped and have been trapped for way too long. And it all started with taking the bait of offense. It all started from the time that something happened to you. Someone said something, someone did something, someone posted something, someone thought something, someone cut you off. And, and all of a sudden you, you've taken the bait of offense. You've decided I'm going to be offended by this and you are trapped and you've been trapped for too long. Some of you have actually had a legitimate offense happen to you and something that's major in your life and it's wrecked your life. It's rotted you from the inside out because you've chosen to hold on to offense for too long. And it's turned you into a person that you don't want to be. And it's turned you into a person that's hard to be around, that no one wants to be around because you're draining the life out of people. And it might not even be your fault of what happened, but it's affecting you in a way because you took the bait. Offense is something the devil uses to trap you. So my goal, I want to show you the trap. I want to show you where the trap leads today. That's what we're going to do today. Next week, Pastor Stephanie, she's going to be talking about pride. and Why should you ever really be offended? So we're going to talk about that question. Like, is there a time where offense is necessary? And then the last week, week three, we're going to talk about what happens when I am actually offended. What happens when I've been hurt? A parent abused you. Someone said something to you. I mean, it was really painful. How do I move on from that offense? All right. So before I go any further, if you have the app, the notes are on the app today. So you can look that up, Miss Kim. Come on, she's just like, come on now. I about, I about heard her shout back there. But if you want to listen, they're filling the blank notes, guys, okay? And you can email them to yourselves. They're great. So you can get our app, search your app store, oasistan.church. You can do that and uh, follow along with us, okay? So um, the actual, the, the word for offense in the Bible is actually an old hunting term. How many people like to hunt in here or maybe you've been fishing before? Anybody? Come on. Raise your hand. Don't be shy. Okay, there we go. No one in here is against hunting, I don't think. All right, so you don't have to worry. Um, but uh, some of you, it's an old hunting term. And the word offense, the, the original word for that in the Greek, is actually talking about the mechanism on a trap where you place the bait. That's where the word offense in the Bible, that's what it means. And so I actually bought a teeny tiny little bear trap. Can y'all see this right here? Y'all see this? You know those bear traps that when you step on it, it like clamps around your foot? That's what I have, right? It's right here. Like, and it's hot. It's ready to go. Now, who, I need a volunteer. Who wants to stick their hand on this right now? Come on, anybody? Ryan, you wouldn't do it. You'd ease your hands, big dog. How many of you, any, any volunteers, you just want to poke that right there? Just boom. Anybody? No. Why? Because you know it's a trap. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know that if you stick your hand on that, it's going to hurt. It might break your finger. Like, it might break. It's, it's legit. So I have a stick, and I'm going to show you just how, how powerful this is. Now, uh, one, I need my notes. I forgot where I'm going here. It's just, we're going to go long. See, I told you, if I don't have this, we're going to go long. So uh, here's how a trap works. Now, I want you all to hear this. I want you to get this. Traps are interesting things, and here's how they work. Listen, they, hello, they are intended to entice the thing that you're trying to, to, to catch over to it. And so what do they do? They take the trap and they figure out, okay, first, what do I want to catch? This is actually made for like 
Oop, you get a little nervous? Oop. Oop, all right. Uh, so, so you get, uh, you find out, what do you want to tread? This is actually made for like foxes or like a raccoon or something like the size of your dog, okay? It ain't going to just snap. I got to touch it, babe. All right. It's right there. Does that make everybody nervous? <laughs> Y'all haven't even seen it in, in action yet. So you find out what do you want to catch. Then you have to go, well, what do those things like to eat? So if it's a fox, they like like chicken. Uh, they'll eat like raw meats and stuff like that. They're actually pretty terrible animals, right? So uh, you, you, you find out what they want to catch, and then you figure out where are these things located? Where do they frequent? Like what paths are they taking? Where do they live? And you're going to want to put this trap in where this thing already is, and you're going to want to put a bait on there that it's going to attract them to the trap, okay? So once you do that, uh, you open this thing up, you set it, and you, you clamp it right here, and you make <laughs> and it's, it ain't going to go nowhere unless I touch it, all right? It, it, will go, it will go big time when I touch it, though. And, uh, and you put it there, and you wait, and you wait, and that bait, what it will do, you put the bait on this little part right here, and when you put the bait on there, you just wait, and you come back the next day, and sure enough, you've caught yourself a little fox, right? And the fox, trust me, it ain't going nowhere. Like once it gets hit by that trap, it's there for a little bit. All right, so how many of y'all want to see it happen? Y'all want to see it? Y'all ready? Huh? Here we go. Boom! I'm joking. All right, I got somebody back there. Here we go. But seriously, the, what happens? You put, the, you put the trap on there, and all of a sudden, they step on the trap, the trap closes up and either kills them or it traps them and they either die or whatever. I don't know how, I've never done this before. But if you, by the way, if you want this, you can have it afterwards. I have no use for it after this. But um, anyway, it's really interesting. But the, here's the thing. The word in the Bible, you want to take it? Andrew's got it. All right, you can have it. Um, the word in the Bible that means offense, that word is also a hunting term. And it talks about this device right here, this little plate. Here, I'll pick it up. <laughs> Y'all see this plate right here? That plate is an offense, if you're looking at the Greek language. And that's the device you put the bait on if you want to catch something. And so what happens in life is that the devil, the devil is putting bait on a trap. And he's waiting. He knows, he knows how you think. He knows what's really going to press your buttons. He knows what's going to cause damage to you. He knows what's going to trap you. And so he puts that bait. This is the bait of Satan right here. There's actually a book called The Bait of Satan that's all about this. That's where a lot of this content actually came from. And he's putting it right there. And he's just waiting for you. And what happens when you choose you're going to take the bait of offense? You're trapped. And now there ain't getting, this stick ain't coming out. I just want to tell you right now, it's in there. It's trapped. But the problem is this, is that a lot of us have been living our lives like this. And we have a lot of pain. We feel like we can't find freedom in certain areas of our life. And I would tell you that it might be, probably is, because you've taken the bait of offense. You've had the opportunity. Someone did something hurtful to you, big or small, and you've chosen to take the bait. And now the enemy has you trapped. And so uh, this series, guys, it, it's so important because I think that you are going to find some freedom today. 
God's going to be able to pry this thing open and it's going to be able to free you today from some offense that bothered you a long time ago. I can't get this open right now, but you have it right here. He's going to pry it open and he's going to break it off like that. I'm joking, but he's going to pry it open and he's going to set you free today because you've been trapped for far too long. And today is the day you're going to find some freedom, all right? So it's going to start today. might not happen today, but we're going to start today. I'm going to leave this here as a little reminder for us. In fact, Jesus said this. He says this. Uh, then he said to his disciples, it's impossible. Listen to that. It is impossible that no offense should come. It's impossible that no offenses should come. Like you are going to face things in your life that will tempt you to be offended. How many of y'all experienced that on the way to church today with someone driving, right? Like, come on, it, it, there's, there, here we go, see? Uh, it, it happens all the time. You're go, you are going to have opportunities to be offended. It's impossible to live life and not have offensives come up. But listen to this, you don't have to take the bait though. Like when these opportunities come, guess what? You don't have to take the bait. You don't have to do it. Well, what if, but Clint, they said, you don't have to take the bait. You know what happened this, uh, a couple weeks ago, okay? I'm going to get vulnerable with you. Well, we posted a reel of uh, part of the teaching for Remember the Titans. How many of you are here for Remember the Titans at the movies? Come on. Uh, I posted the part about the, the draft horses, right? So like, um, you know, a one draft horse can pull 8,000 pounds, but two draft horses can pull 32,000 pounds. And it actually exponentially increases. And I was talking about how when we come together and we link up and we walk in unity, God can use us in a mighty way. We can, we're so much stronger when we're, when we're united than when we're not. So he posted this reel. Well, it kind of went like, for us, viral. It's got 72,000 plays. Typically, a reel for us gets like a couple hundred. All right, so it started getting all these plays. Well, then all of a sudden, people started commenting. And they were very mean. And they were saying stuff like, well, I bet they couldn't pull that boy. And they were, you know, commenting on my weight and all this stuff. And, that, and here's the deal. They don't know me at all. None of these people. They're just mean, insensitive. If you're watching this, I've already lost 25 pounds since I posted that video, so boom! Y'all take that. Uh, but they don't know that. They don't know that. And it, I, did, I almost got offended. I probably did get offended. I was mad. I was like, these jokers, they don't even know who I am. They don't know how hard I've been working and how much no I've had to say to food. And they don't know that I'm trying. And we recorded that two months ago. So it wasn't, but like, they have no idea. All they want to do is hurt. And so I had the opportunity in that moment, am I going to get offended or am I going to move on? And so we were actually driving somewhere, and I was like, babe, do you care if I just play some, like, I need to, like, I had a prayer time in the car. And I just said, God, you know, I release this to you. This is just the devil trying to trap me. It ain't going to work. And I just got done writing this message, by the way, when all that happened. So it, it's people are going to say things. People are going to do things that offend you, but you don't have to take the bait. That is up to you. The Bible also says this, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. All right, so this, this verse is telling us that when someone gets offended, they are harder to win back than a fortified city. It's like Fort Knox. So when, when, when someone is offended, it creates a division among them. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And it makes it hard for people to get close to them. It's like a fortified city. It's what the Bible teaches. I wonder 
How many people, how many marriages, how many relationships, how many jobs, how many Christmases and Thanksgivings have been ruined because of offense inside of a family? I, I, tons. Some of you are like, it's happening in my family. I can't stand being around them, right? Like it, it happens to all of us. And it's why this verse is telling us why, because when someone's offended, they're harder to win back than a fortified city. And actually it separates people. And it's like having, uh, you know, the, the jail cell bars, like they're designed to keep people in and keep people out. So when we choose to get offended, we're building this stuff up in our families. And that's not what God has for us. How many of you have seen this on Facebook before? My gosh, we've got an election coming up. Aren't y'all just so excited? No, not excited because of this stuff right here. Like it drives me crazy. You know, we got people that don't agree with it. And so now if I don't agree with you, I hate you. That's what we think in this world. And so we get offended. We get all this. It is terrible. And how many relationships has Facebook broken because of petty little offenses? It is so sad. And I, I hear a lot of mm-hmm and a lot of nodding, but listen, it happens on the inside of us. Be careful. Because when you see that person post that article that you don't agree with and they don't align with you politically, and you're like, oh, God, that person's an idiot. I don't know what they're talking about. Did you see what that happened? So all of a sudden, we let a fence creep in, and there it is. We're starting to build up our fortified city. We're starting to put up the gates. Next thing you know, we're divided. So we're going to talk about a guy today uh, in the Bible. His name is Joseph. Y'all say Joseph. Joseph. Now, Joseph has a great... Now, we're not talking about Jesus's dad. All right? We're talking about Joseph from the Old Testament. Okay? So Joseph has a very complicated story. And in a second, don't post it right now. If you're looking on your notes, I put this in your notes so you can see this picture up close if you would like. Uh, Get the app, everybody. (laughs) There you got little treats in there. But... um, (laughs) But uh, this, Joseph has a complicated story. Now, Joseph's dad, his name was Jacob. Y'all say Jacob. And Jacob was the patriarch. He was the dad of, he had 12 sons and he had one daughter. All right, so here are the sons. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Zebulun, Iskar, Dan, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Joseph, and Benjamin. And then he had Delilah. All right, he had one girl. Dinah, I'm sorry. I knew all the other ones in order, so <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I had to memorize that in third grade. I went to a Christian school. I've never forgotten it. Um, and those are the and, and so those sons ended up becoming the fathers of the twelve tribes of Israel. All right. So have you ever heard of the twelve tribes of Israel? Well, it comes from this. Jacob was the father, and then he had all these sons, and Joseph was one of these sons. In fact, here's a picture of the family tree. You got Abraham and Sarah, and we have Isaac and Jacob, right? And, and so, or I'm sorry, yeah. And Jacob and Esau. You remember Jacob and Esau? That whole story. Well, this is Jacob. Jacob has. Uh, I don't recommend this. Four people that he has had babies with. Okay. Um, one of them. Two of them are sisters. Woo. Now listen. I don't recommend this, and the Bible does not affirm this. I just feel like I should say that right now. This is a great way to create crazy drama in your family. It's just uh, have four people that are raising your kids and have two of them be sisters. And one of them, the Bible says, was ugly. And one of them, the Bible says, was very pretty. Not good. All right? So that's why I don't, I, I don't want to tell you to have a biblical marriage. Biblical marriages were weird, all right? They, they did stuff like this. Have a godly marriage, guys. All right, so have a godly. So this is a biblical marriage. All right, so Leah was the ugly one, all right? 
And it's just what the Bible says. All right. She was the ugly one, but she was the only one that like he married for a long time. There's a lot of reasons for that. Well, it's another time, but she's married. She has all these kids. And so these kids don't have good genes to begin with. I just want to, you know, I'm joking, but they, 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 they're, uh, they're, they're, this is their mom. Then he has a couple with a servant. All right. Then he has a couple with another servant. And then Leah's sister, Rachel is the hot one. She's the young one and he has some uh, babies with her, but they're old when they have these babies. And so Joseph is one of these ones with, she, he's got the, the, the mom that Jacob thought was really pretty. She has Joseph and Benjamin. And because that he had Joseph at such an old age and he had it with the wife that he liked the most, again, crazy dysfunctional with a capital D, uh, then he he likes Joseph more than all the other brothers. All right. So there's a lot of drama going on. This is already a really bad family dynamic going on. And then all of a sudden dad was like, you know what? This one's my favorite right here. His mom is smoking, you know, she, she, we're both old now, but she gave me this awesome kid. And you know what? I'm going to. And so he gave Joseph a coat of many colors. Y'all have heard this story before, right? And that was just to show that he was the favorite. It's like, hey, none of the other kids had that. How many of you ever felt like the other sibling was your, the favorite in the family and you weren't? Y'all see, there's drama in here already. All right. So listen, it, it was the same, but this was like real. All right. So this is real deal. Now we're going to read a lot today. I want you to pay attention. I'm going to sit down while I read so you can see this on the screen a little better. Here's what it says, Genesis chapter 37, starting in verse 3. Jacob, the dad, loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age and asterisk with the hot, with the hot wife, okay? Um, so one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph. It was a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated, y'all say hated. Hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. Now, they've cooked up some serious dysfunction. It's now starting to bleed into the children. And now the children hate one of their own because of the father's mistakes. It's crazy. Um, and so Joseph was just caught in the crossfire between uh, the hatred that they had. It was really misplaced hatred they had. We'll get to that in a second. So picking up in verse five. One night, Joseph had a dream. This is going to make things so much better. Uh, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Just when they thought that they couldn't hate him anymore. Here we go. And so Joseph says, listen to this dream. He said, we were all out in the field, tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle, Joseph's bundle, the favorites bundle, the last one you want this to happen to in the dream, his bundle, it stood up and all of your bundles all gathered around and they bowed low before mine. So Joseph is sharing this dream and I, it's like, read the room, dude. Like, maybe don't share this with your family. They hate you, uh, clearly, you know? So, and then it doesn't stop there. It goes on. And it said, soon, this is verse nine, Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Don't do this, dude. It says, listen, I've had another dream. Can you imagine just how much they hated this guy right now? He said, the sun, moon, and even and 11 stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? He asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? 
But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. All right, so after this, Joseph, uh, I'm sorry, Jacob tells the rest of the brothers, because they're older, hey, I need you to go find the flock, go take care of the flock, okay? So they're out taking care of the flock, they're gone for a while, and they're some ways off from, from the house. And Joseph, or Jacob goes to Joseph and says, hey, son, I need you to go take some food, supplies, stuff that your, brother gonna, your brothers are going to need while they're out doing the work of the farm, of the family business. And he said, all right. So Jacob gets all the stuff, he packs up, and he heads that way. Now, here's what happens. And this will be where we end today, uh, the scripture. And this is uh, chapter 37, verse 18. We're going to jump around a little bit. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. So they see him. He's way far out there. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Come on, let's kill him. And let's throw him into one of these cisterns, and we can tell our father a wild animal ate him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Oh, boy. But when Reuben heard of their scheme, this is how we named our child, by the way. He was the lesser of the evils, <laughs> lesser of all the evils. Uh, he came to Joseph's rescue. He said, hey, let's not kill him. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him in the empty cistern in, in the wilderness. Then he'll die without us laying a hand on him. And so Reuben had made this plan like, hey, let's not get our hands dirty here. But Reuben had an ulterior motive. Reuben was going to come back and save Joseph and bring the prized son back to the dad so that he could be loved even more. And it says, uh, it says Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father so he could look good. And then they would hate two brothers. All right. So then, so when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing and they grabbed him and they threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty and there was no water in it. And let me tell you, this story is riddled and littered with offense. Can y'all agree? Yeah. Come on now. It, it, it's, it's terrible. There's so much happening in this story. So here's what we're going to do with the rest of our time today is I want to answer this question. What do offended people produce? What do offended people produce? I want to tell you right now, you don't want to be an offended person because what they produce, none of it's good. Offense will make you do some crazy stuff. It'll make you say things you don't mean, or maybe you do mean it eventually. It'll make you tear apart relationships. It produces only bad things. So what do offended people produce? The first thing is this, hurt. What defended people produce? Hurt. My gosh, did these brothers hurt so many people in their family? Not only did they hurt Joseph, like I'm not talking about physical hurt, which I'm sure he had some scuffs and bruises, and I'm sure they got a few licks in on him when he came. But think about the emotional hurt that that caused Joseph. Think about the hurt that that caused his family when they come back and go, man, I don't know what happened to Joseph. He must have died. Well, now the dad thinks that his son died and the mom thinks this. I mean, think about the hurt that they cause. Y'all have all heard this saying before, hurt people. Hurt people. Hurt people. Hello. Did it just get really dark in here? Flip the lights on. That's, uh, I'm done today. Um, thank you, Kevin. Hurt people. Hurt, they hurt their brother, they beat him up, they ripped his clothes off, they sold him to slavery, they hurt their father. They, they, like, they had to plan a funeral for Joseph. 
knowing that he was not dead. In fact, whenever they threw him in the cistern, they had uh, traders come through and they actually sold him into slavery. So they knew he wasn't dead. They just sold him off and sent him off to another country. That's what happened to Joseph. Think about the hurt that they cause. Hurt people hurt people. Now, you might not be staging the death of your sibling. I hope not. If you are, please don't. All right? I don't. Please don't do that. Uh, but, man, I wonder how much hurt you're causing being a person that's easily offended and someone that's taken the bait of offense because hurt people hurt people. So here's the deal. People that are hurtful to you, that are easily offended, they've been hurt. And you've been hurt. And so you're just naturally doing what has been done to you. And we have to stop that cycle. So what do offended people do? First thing, they produce hurt. Second thing is this, anger. Anger. Now, this just seems to seep out of offended people. Anger. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all have all seen Karens before. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like <laughs> online or something. Uh, you might follow a Karen account on Instagram. I do not recommend that, but they are awesome. And, uh, they, and it's people losing their minds. Their steak wasn't cooked right. Well, guess what? I'm all, you're going to hear about it. You know, and like you, you got, and, and God help actual lovely women who are named Karen. You know, like they have to bear the weight of this now. I'm so sorry. But like we think, like when I think of a person that's easily offended, that's just angry all the time, I think of a Karen, like a Karen, right? Like there's just nothing you can do to measure up. Like they're going to find something to get mad about and they're just going to be mad. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Now, would you describe the brothers in this story as peaceful, lovely people or angry people? Angry. angry. Of course, because offended people produce anger. They're always angry. It just kind of oozes out of them. They don't have to, they don't have to, uh, they don't have to try. Like it just kind of happens. And here's the sad part is that they weren't even really angry at Joseph. They were really, they had misplaced anger. They were angry at their dad. The, the Bible told us that, that their dad loved Joseph. Joseph didn't do anything. The dad did. And so because they were mad at their dad, they were taking it out on their brother, Joseph. Anger is very rarely placed in the right place, in the right area. A lot of times anger is misplaced. When I get angry at my family, it's not because they're making me mad. It's because I'm mad about something else or there was another hurt that happened to me. And so I, my anger is misplaced almost all the time. Whew. Offended people produce anger. You don't want to be that person. Angry people are terrible to be around. No one wants to be around angry people. I don't want you to be angry. I don't want that to be a marker of your life. I don't want you to produce that in your life. They, so what, what do offended people produce? They produce hurt. They produce anger. Here's the next thing. They produce outrage. Oh, man. Do we see outrage happening right now in our culture? People get outraged over everything. Drives me crazy. In fact, I'll say this. I, especially... Christians, we, we have outrage over everything. I think we're known to people that aren't Christians a lot of times about the people that get mad about coffee cups at Starbucks. Or we, we have outrage over things that don't even affect us, don't even bother us. We, 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 I, and I'll be honest, I can't keep up with who I'm supposed to not like as a Christian anymore. <laughs> I'm not supposed to shop at Target now. They where you worship Satan, okay? Uh, oh, can't go to Starbucks. They had Christmas cups that didn't have, uh, that make, I don't know, they make something up. I have no idea. But there's outrage, right? Like, I, I can't keep up with it, and I won't keep up with it. And I'm, I, can I set some of y'all free today? Can I? 
Are y'all open? To, can, can I set y'all free today? Here's something I've had to learn. I want you to learn the same thing. Not everything needs my outrage. Not everything needs my opinion. Not everything needs my thoughts on it. Not everything am I going to post about on the internet. Why? Because I'm not going to choose to get outraged over stuff that doesn't matter. Why? Do we think that Target is a Christian company? No. When have they ever been? So, okay, they might do some weird stuff. Okay, I'm not going to get outraged. I'm not going to post about it. I'm not going to do these things because that's a burden that I don't want to carry. I want to free... You don't have to, not everything needs your outrage. Not everything needs your opinion. Not everything needs your hatred. Not everything needs that. You don't need to post about everything. It's just, you don't have to be outraged. I'm telling you, when you decide that, oh my word, it feels so good. I don't have to respond. Well, what do you think? I don't think anything. Don't think anything. Really? People are trying to get you offended sometimes. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm not, no, I'm good. I don't have a thought on that. I don't have an opinion on that. Okay. And you can be the same way. In fact, uh, the, 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 peep, the brothers in this story, they were outraged. It says this in verse 20, chapter 37. Come on, let's kill them and throw them into one of these cisterns. They were so mad. They were so outraged that they took extreme measures. That's what outrage leads to, by the way, extreme measures. Now, I'm not saying that there are things, that, there are certainly things that as Christians, we take a stand for, period. And we will. But man, we, we take a, I want people to know us for what we stand for and not what we stand against. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like, and, and here's the deal. There is a time and place. Don't mess with my kids. You know what I'm saying? Don't mess with the next generation. That bothers me. That's a time where I'm going to stand up and go, no, we're not going to, no, no, that's not right. But not everything deserves our outrage. Some things might, but very few. And it needs to be, Placed in the right place. All right. The next thing, what does what do offended people produce? Number four, jealousy. Jealousy. Y'all say jealousy. Ascent, uh, offended people produce jealousy because of the insecurities that they have. Man, you might be insecure about something, and so when you see something in someone else and you get jealous, man, it just touches on that sore in your heart. Just you just get jealous, and, you, and here's what it says about the brothers in the in this story. It says, um, "But while his brothers were jealous, y'all say jealous, jealous. Of, of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. So they were they had jealousy in their heart. When you have jealousy in your heart, I'm telling you, it, it offense and jealousy happen like that. It, it, it's like a boom boom happens like a one two punch. All right, so here's how it happens in my family. We have a ten year old, an eight year old, and a six year old, and the ten year old's a little older." He, can, he has more freedom in the house than the younger two. But by God, you better not let the younger two know that he has more freedom or you have some jealous kids. Y'all know what I'm talking about? How come he gets to stay up late? How come he gets to do that? How come he got to... And it's like, relax. I mean, you don't live in a prison. You know, like, pretty cool house, I feel like. It's great. But it happens like that. Here's what it looks like in you. How come he got that promotion over me? Man, why does she have to have babies? We've been trying to get pregnant for forever. How come they get to enjoy this? How come she got to go out with that guy? Like, I've, I've been single for so long, I don't even know what to do, right? Like, it happens all the time. And be careful, whenever you see yourself being jealous, there's probably an offense that's happened that you don't even realize has happened to you yet. All right, so that's jealousy. Number five, what do offended people produce? Resentment. 
This is a good one. This one happens so easy and so fast. As soon as you decide to take the bait of offense, the first thing you do is resent the person who brought it to you, right? And sometimes that's not a bad, let me just say this. If you've been hurt, if you've been abused, you need to get out, okay? So you need to for sure like, nope, we're not doing this. Have some boundaries and you need to get safe. But resentment goes deeper than that. Resentment causes you to just have a sour personality, to just be a, a rough person to be around. Resentment is a natural byproduct of offense. It happens every single time. When you get offended by something that somebody says or does to you, you instantly start resenting them. That's what offended people produce. Number six, strife. Offended people, they produce strife. Oh my word, how much strife did the brothers cause in this story? They made life miserable. For themselves, you know that this ate him alive. He made, they made life miserable for the dad, for this poor mom. For Joseph went to jail, by the way, for a long, 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 long time. Now, he finally, the dream did come true, by the way. But man, how much strife did these brothers cause their brother? If this is something you struggle with and you have strife in your life, I want to just be your pastor I want to tell you something that might be hard to hear, okay? If you are making life miserable for those around you because you're easily offended, people don't really want to be around you. You suck the life out of people. And God does not want that for you. God's called you to be a life-giving person. He's called you to be a person that people, when people get around you, something on the inside of you is contagious. And when you take offense... What comes out of you is not anything that is with God or for God. or any, it, Strife is one of those things. And, you, man, you might have some hard relationships in your life. Well, it might be because you're an easily offended person and you're causing strife and no one wants to be around that. People don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to be. And you might need to look at yourself and go, God, what am I causing in my family that I need to own up to and really work on? Because God will show it to you, and it's so good for us to ask that question and to do the steps necessary. The last thing that we're going to talk about today is this. Number seven, bitterness. What do offended people produce? Bitterness. I have never met an offended person that thought, they are so sweet. <laughs> right? Have you? I, I, like, I don't see videos of people losing their minds on a Starbucks employee and go, man, I just, I would love to go on vacation with that person and just relax. No, they're bitter. No one wants to be around bitter people. These brothers are bitter. Here's what it says in verse four. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. And here's what it says. They couldn't say a nice word about them, uh, to him. Like they couldn't. How many of you have people in your life, you're like, I just can't stand them. Like, there's a lot of bitterness towards some people, right? Like, bitterness is something that will destroy your relationships. It will, and not only that, it'll destroy you. You should not be a bitter person. That's not, God has something better for you. He has something more for you. And it's not found in offense. It's not found in bitterness, it's just not, all right? So I told you my goal. I wanted to show you an ugly picture of what, of what offended people produce. That's what they produce. How many of y'all want to be all those things? No, you don't. 
Man, you don't want to do that. And I didn't even go through. Here's the rest of the list. I'm not going to get into these. Hatred, envy, insults, attacks, wounds, division, separation, broken relationships, betrayal. The list goes on and on. This is what offended people do. This is what offended people produce. And God does not want that for you. In fact, the Bible says this. He says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. He doesn't produce hatred. He doesn't produce bitterness. He doesn't produce strife. He doesn't produce hurt. He doesn't produce these things. The Holy Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I don't know about you, but I want my life to be marked by those things. Man, I don't want to be marked by bitterness I don't want to be marked by resentment. I don't want to be known for how I hurt people. I don't want to be marked by anger. I just, I don't. And I don't think you do either. So if I've talked about some of these things and they kind of come up like, ooh, I struggle with that. Or, oh yeah, I think I can see myself. That's the Holy Spirit's talking to you right now. And he's being so kind. He's giving you the opportunity to change. And to decide, I won't take the bait. Man, some of us have been trapped by offense for so long that it's turned us into people that we don't even want to be. And it's so sad. So the next couple weeks, this is why it's so important. The next couple weeks, we're going to really address this. We're going to ask the question, is there anything that we should be offended over? Surely, there's something. Well, Steph's going to talk about that next week. Some of you here, I just want to give this little teaser. And you'll have to come back in, a, in next week and then the week after. But some of you have been really hurt. Someone's really like offended you. And it wasn't like I got cut off in traffic, hurt. It's like my dad abused me. My uncle abused me. My sister said something to me that devastated me. My boss was so hateful. This happened to me. And here's the, oh, here's the tricky thing and how terrible the devil is. Is he allows those things to happen to you. He makes those things happen to you. And not only do those things that are hurtful happen to you, he gets you to take the bait of offense and he traps you. And some of you have been walking around with this around your ankle for about 20 years, 30 years, 40 years because you've taken offense over something and it's never healed. You've never been free from it. So that third, we're going on week three, we're talking about how do I pry this open and get free? Because some of you, listen, have gone through a lot. You've had a lot of things happen to you and it should not have happened to you. And I'm not going to minimize what happened to you. I'm not going to downplay what happened to you. It's very real. But you still can't take offense. Sometimes you can't choose to be hurt or not, but you can choose to take offense. And when you take offense, I'm telling you, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It's not doing anything to them. It's only hurting you. And so if you're here today and you're struggling and you're like, all right, I've taken the bait. I'm in the grips of offense. What do I do? 
Now, here's the deal. This is a journey. This is a process. Okay? You're going to have to learn how to do this. It's not going to be like, ooh, great. You're going to have to learn. You have to work at it. It's a discipline. Okay? I want you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes. Okay? If you're in here, big or small, okay, and you would just be honest and say, Clint, Pastor Clint, I have taken the bait of offense, and I can see that it's affecting my life. Big offense, small offense, doesn't matter. I want you to raise your hand. Come on. You've taken it. Come on, raise your hand. Don't be shy. This family, no one's looking, just me. Maybe Steph in the back. Okay. How are you? Put your hands down. Listen, if that's you, I don't know what offense has happened to you. I don't need to know. But here is something that you can pray right now that will just open you up to allow God to start healing you even now. Say this. Just say in your heart. Say, God. Actually, I want everyone to say this. Just say it aloud. Say, God. Come on. Say it. Say, God. I'm not sure what to do. But I'm open. Come on. For your help and guidance in my life. Help me live a life free from offense. In Jesus' name, amen. God, I pray for these people. God, would you uh, meet them where they are? I don't know what they're dealing with, but you do. And some might be carrying around some major hurts, some, some minor hurts. I pray that you help us live a life free of offense right now. And as you're sitting there, uh, as your head's bowed and your eyes closed, I never want to take a Sunday and not give this opportunity to you. Thank God that we have the example of Jesus. If anything in the universe has the right to be offended, it's God. Man, have we smacked him in the face. Have we done some offensive things that are completely against him? And you know what the Bible calls that sin. The Bible tells us that every person that's ever lived, except for Jesus, every person that's ever lived has sinned. And that sin separates us from God. But God sent Jesus to pay for your sins. He chose to look over that offense and you go, well, you know what? I'm going to pay for that offense and I'm going to give them away to have a relationship with me. And guess what? The best part is you don't have to do any work for it. Jesus did all the work. He died on the cross. He paid for your sins and he rose uh, back from the grave to defeat death for you. And it was so that he could restore the gap between you and him. All you have to do is accept it. And so if that's you, if you want to accept that free gift of what we call salvation today, I want you to just raise your hand in here. Come on, raise your hand. If that's you. Or you can put it down and you can just repeat this prayer silently after me. Say, dear God, thank you for saving me. I receive what you've done. I'm sorry for my sin. And I invite you into my life. And in the best way I know how, I'll live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a hand for what he did today.